0: Welcome to the Anatomy of Wellness podcast, a podcast that's dedicated to your health and your wellness. My name is Mark and I'll be your host for today's show. Today we're going to be talking with Keita Christensen of Next Step. We'll be talking to Keita about chronic illnesses and her work over at Next Step. But before we get to that interview, we first wanted to thank our sponsor for today's show, Gamer Advantage. Gamer Advantage offers premium quality blue light protecting glasses that are clinically proven to help protect your eyes from the digital blue light that our electronic device screens emit. This digital blue light may be causing you to experience excessive eye strain and may even be contributing to your headaches, migraines, and poor sleep. Later on in the show, we'll learn more about Gamer Advantage glasses and how you can receive a 15% discount on your order by being a listener to this podcast. But before we get to that and our interview with Kita. We first just wanted to take a minute to let you know about the Anatomy of Wellness YouTube channel. The Anatomy of Wellness YouTube channel is a great resource for people who want to learn more about how to better take care of their body and live a happy, healthy and active life. There you'll find a variety of helpful videos that will teach you about things like how to stretch tight muscles, how to use a foam roller or a trigger point ball. You can even learn how to improve your core muscle strength these are just some examples of the kinds of videos you'll find on the Anatomy & Wellness YouTube channel. And so if you're someone who's interested in being healthy and active and living the best life that you can, be sure to go to youtube.com and search for The Anatomy & Wellness. Then click on the red subscribe button to make sure that you won't miss a single video. But now let's get to our interview with Kita Christensen. All right. I'm here with Akita from Next Step. Uh, Akita, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How
0: about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really well. But uh, yeah, we're excited to have you on the podcast today. We're really looking forward to our conversation with you today about chronic illnesses and all the great work that you're doing over at Next Step. Uh, But yeah, we're, we're just really appreciative of you taking the time out of your day to speak with us. So first, I think it'd be great to get to know you a little bit. I know you and I have talked off the podcast and I've gotten to know you a little bit, but I think it'd be great for people to hear a little bit more about you and what you do and who you are so uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself maybe where you're from uh, what do you do uh, those kinds of things
1: sure so my name is Kida. Um I'm originally from Sandy Utah which is a you know suburb of Salt Lake City I grew up there um, and when I I was about 18, and my, my mom and, and stepdad moved to Hawaii. I stayed in Utah. I ended up graduating from the University of Utah, but then I'm now over in Boston because I got my master's at the university, or at Boston University, um, and so I, I tease that I'm from Utah and then a little bit of Hawaii because I spent on and off six years there, and now I've been in Boston for, it'll be seven years in August, which also blows my mind.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. well, that's so a crazy. And that's a great combo, right? I mean I'm I'm biased. I love Utah, but then you get the little bit of Hawaii, which is of course like everybody's favorite place, and then Boston, right. you got all the great sports teams and the history out there. I mean that's a that's a fun combination that you have going on there. But uh what did you graduate in your studies with your with your masters?
1: So I did a master's of public health, and my concentration was maternal and child health. I initially went into it thinking that I'd be an advocate for children and teens living with chronic illnesses or just having a lot of hospital experiences. A lot of times when kids are hospitalized, they don't have a voice. They're they're not as able to advocate for themselves and what they should be getting, um, what types of treatment, what should be available, and I thought I would go into getting my public health degree to be an advocate, but then I ended up meeting some amazing young people during my time at BU, Boston University, and met some great organizations that I volunteered for, and, and which is Next Step, and then ended up working at Next Step. So I've been there for about five years now working
0: very cool yeah and and we'll talk a lot more about next step here in a little bit but yeah you guys do some amazing work and i know you're coming from a great place you're highly motivated to help these people and the different struggles that they face but what what inspired you to go into this field you talked about it a little bit but maybe just explain a little bit more about what guided you in this in this uh, direction in your life
1: Sure. So I was born with a rare genetic disorder. It's called pycnodysostosis. It's a very rare disorder and it has to do with brittle bones. I am also a little person. I am about four and a half feet tall. So growing up in and out of the hospitals and um, just medical experiences, I knew that I wanted to give back in some way. I wasn't so great at chemistry and physics, so I knew that um, medical school might not have been the best option, (laughs) but I knew I could still contribute and and be there and show up for people who needed it in a different way. And so when I found public health and realized I could make an impact on a community level on a, a larger scale than one patient at a time, it really stuck with me. And so that's why I decided to pursue my master's in public health. Part of the work I do at Next Step is a bit of health education because, as most people know, science can be a little overwhelming at times. So breaking it down and making it, making it a, in a way that people can can access it is something that I, I actually love to do now. But ten years ago, I would have like kind of groaned if you put a anything <laughs> science in front of me. But now, I'm like, oh no, wait, we can work with this, like bite by bite. It, it can it can be done.
0: Oh yeah, well, and that's so important, right? I mean, even just looking right now, you know, with everything going on with COVID nineteen, there's all these studies and statistics and all these, you know, all the scientific information that we're putting out there. But it's really important to help people understand what that really means and why it's important and how it's applicable to them and and the, and their family and their neighbors and society and uh, as a whole, right? And yeah, being in a position where you can help uh, explain it in simple terms terms and and help people to understand that. That's very empowering and it's, it's very rewarding. You know, I've done a little bit of teaching in my time, but, you know, that's one of the things that I always really enjoyed is it's really empowering to other people when you help them to understand, you know, the why behind everything that's going on. So I think that's great. That you do that, and then you have a passion for that. We need more people like that in the world. I think. Sure. I think that's awesome. So.
1: I was gonna say, I think that public health is just that. It's very public, and we're all in it together. So we all need to do our part and and be part of the community and make sure we're keeping everyone safe and healthy.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you gotta take care of yourself, but you also definitely should be looking out for others and helping other people out. Cause you know mm-hmm. life's life's tough enough by yourself, right? So oh, for sure. Well, great. Well, yeah. Let's let's transition to our topic for today then. Uh, so we wanted to talk to you a little bit more about chronic illnesses, and we're gonna talk about all sorts of different things related to that subject. But you know, as you mentioned, this is something that you're really passionate about, and uh, you help people with chronic uh, chronic illnesses and. In in the work that you do, so I think this will be a great topic to discuss with you, but first I wanted to just start off by defining, you know, what is a chronic illness, because I think some people hear that, those words or that phrase, and they may think they know what that is, but, you know, there's so much information out there nowadays, it's sometimes hard to know if you actually know, uh, if you actually sure. have the right definition or if you have the right idea behind it, so, you know, what would you say to that? What exactly is a chronic illness?
1: Yeah, I like to define it in a way that might be a little non-clinical in a way. So I I define chronic illness is the daily personal managing of the impact that chronic disease or condition has on your quality of life. So what I mean by that is, people who have a diagnosis of a disease or a condition they have just that they have a diagnosis but chronic illness is that daily managing of the impact that your disease your condition your your diagnosis has on your daily living so for for a lot of people chronic illness can be invisible it can be visible and there's so many different spectrums of chronic illness, right? Heart disease, HIV, asthma, cancer, arthritis, dementia, mood disorders, like all these different things are a chronic disease and, and their impact is the chronic illness that people live
0: with. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that's good that you made that, that that difference between the two, right? Like, there's there's the clinical diagnosis side of chronic illness, you know, a lot of those yeah. examples that you gave, but then there's the impact side of it. You know, what do you do once you find out that you have a chronic illness, right? And I oh, feel really? like that's something that's often missed or, or maybe not fully understood when it comes to this topic, right? And, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, so you said, you know, chronic illness, there's kind of the visible side of it that's more of like the clinical diagnosis the you know maybe some of the visible symptoms but then there's also kind of that invisible side of things or the invisible illness component of a chronic illness so what do you mean by that could you could you explain that a little bit more
1: Yeah, so there are many chronic illnesses that aren't visible to most people. I think one of the main examples that I find I talk about is pain. So a lot of these illnesses have pain components to them, and no one can see pain or understand how much pain another person is in. Like when they've added the pain scale to kind of help with that when you're going to the doctor and they ask you, on a scale of one to 10, where's your pain? That only cuts the surface of it, right? Because someone's seven might be another person's three on that scale. For sure. So an invisible illness is something that you can't Just readily see other other illnesses like let's say you're a a wheelchair user like that can be a little more um, obvious to the general population that you are dealing with something medical. Where other illnesses, again, even asthma, HIV, sickle cell disease, these can be very invisible. Looking at that person, someone who might not know all the little intricacies of it, if they look at that person, they think. They're like the epitome of wellness, you know, so it can be hard and and people can can misjudge other people's experiences because they're not able to see as visible as some others.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, and I I think with what you're saying there too, you know, especially with the judging component, right? I mean i mm-hmm. i've I've struggled with some things like this in in my life, where you know i've I've had different you know health, you know, whether it be emotional, mental, or physical uh, conditions that have have been an obstacle for me and something I've had to deal with. And you know, I I remember sometimes talking with some friends or even family members, and they were like, "I just don't understand, like why." like why you just can't get over it or why you're not doing right. certain things in life. And it was like, like I, you know, at the time I was like, I know I appear healthy, you know, just like you're saying, but, but I'm not like, I have these things that I'm dealing with. And, and to have those judgments on top of that, you know, it made it, it made it that much harder. So I think, you know, understanding that and and keeping that in mind and, and not putting those judgments on others when you may not fully understand that is, is really important in, in a way that's, you know, it's a way that you can help people with chronic illnesses, right? Right, is just being supportive and not judgmental, and this was actually something you talked about in a in a TED talk, right? A little bit, um, yeah. Your your TEDx talk it's titled "Redefining the First Impression." You talk about this importance of of not judging others, and could you maybe talk about your experience with that a little bit and how it relates to this topic?
1: Sure. So again, growing up, I'm four and a half feet tall, and and I I get very interesting we'll call them first impressions. Um, People will come up to me and ask me questions that I, you know, when, would you ask anyone else some of these questions? But people have, have, because mine is more visible, like again, I'm, I'm four and a half feet tall and and I, and I just have kept having the experience of wanting to create a tool to give people a chance. Like, humans are very wired to judge things really quickly, and that's totally, totally normal, totally acceptable, because that's how our ancestors decided if something was safe or if they were in danger. Like, a cheetah's after you run, right? Right. Um, but in your everyday experiences, when you're interacting with people, you're not in that prey-predator situation, but your brain still wants to put people into boxes. They want to see like, are you taller? Are you like thinner? Are you, do you have blue hair? Like, how are you different from me? And the thing is, is we judge people based on ourselves. And so I wanted to give people a tool that when you're meeting someone for the first time, or maybe you're just seeing them after it's been some time to take a moment to really just stop, S-T-O-P, see the other person and just have that five second moment to really clear your mind of whatever stories you're putting on that person, whatever judgments you're, you're making about them and let the other person show you who they are, because that's what's the most important thing is, is this is another person, and they deserve just as much respect as anyone else. So before you put your foot in your mouth, you can always just take a moment to clear any anything that's on your mind. Because I always say it's it's much easier to give respect first than apologies later.
0: I think that's great. And you know, people are are complicated right like mm-hmm. like people are very complex you know if you think of the you know the Shrek movie that you have many layers right <laughs> Right. And, and so giving them that opportunity to pull back some of those layers and help you see who they are as a whole person rather than just your snap initial judgments I mm-hmm. think allowing that to happen is, is really important um, you know especially people with chronic illnesses a lot of chronic illnesses are very complex right Absolutely. so you have a complex person with a, a complex illness uh, i mean that that just adds that much more complexity to to a situation so really you know taking that time like you said to stop and to get to know them and not and not just go off your initial judgments i think that's that's really important and you know it's 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 tough for people with chronic illness because sometimes that what i've found especially with my own experience and, and with talking with other people who have suffered from chronic illnesses is, is that it sometimes it can consume you and you start uh-huh. to think that your illness is is kind of your defining feature as a person right Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so then you get people who are, you know, kind of making those snap judgments on top of that. It's, it can be hard to deal with that, you know, not, outside of like the physical ramifications of the illness. But to, to really fight back against that, that idea that, hey, I, I am my illness, I am my diagnosis, that, that can be hard to do.
1: Oh, definitely. And and the work we do at Next Step is with teens and young adults with chronic illnesses and how important it is to try and separate yourself from the illness and make it just one part of you because every single person on the planet is a whole person. They have, you know, um, they love, they care, they're smart, they, they might have different medical needs and everyone has medical needs, right? We all should go to the doctor once a year to make sure sure that all all things are in check, all systems are go. And, you know, there's the spiritual, the Everything in between makes up a whole person. Your diagnosis, your medical identity, shouldn't be that main thing that people and yourself focus on.
0: Oh yeah, definitely one. And I'm glad you mentioned like, hey, everybody has medical needs, right? Like we should all be going to the doctor and getting regular (laughs) checkups. Like, like this is like when we talk about chronic illnesses and other you know health difficulties and struggles. Like it's just one example of many that everybody deals with, right? So. think sometimes it's easy to forget that especially when you when you're dealing with something that is chronic right like over a long period of time it's not like your simple cold where you get over it in a a couple weeks like this is Uh something you're battling for years and years and years but and sometimes you can feel like you're kind of the only one that's having to deal with something over such a long period of time because you know you see your friends get sick and they get better quickly but but the the matter of the fact is that you're not alone and that there's a lot of people going through this and a lot of people need to be need to be doing regular checkups as as well so and you mentioned like going to the doctor that's great to do but you know what are some other just kind of general things that people can do to keep themselves healthy and you know especially people with chronic illnesses because you know they already have something that they're dealing with but what are some important things that they could do or good things that they could do to continue to, to live a healthy life
1: yeah so what I always talk about with my young people that I work with are you should do I think it's about five things make sure you're getting adequate rest like humans we need to sleep some of us are better at it than others, but we really should make it a priority. Um, you should hydrate. Hydration is key. It's amazing at our conferences, and I'll talk about those a little bit. I everyone knows that I shout, "Hydrate, urinate, stretch, stretch, stretch." <laughs> so that that leads into the third thing is you should move your body in a way that feels good. So a lot of times people are like, "You need to exercise thirty minutes a day for seven days a week, or whatever," and really like strain, but. Move your body in a way that feels good. If a walk is great, um, stretching, yoga, anything that kind of just gets things moving, but it never should be painful or hurt. Um, and then also adequate nutrition and you know, getting as many fruits and vegetables in as you can is always good. I, this is where like my public health and, and social inequities is starting to pop up where I just get so sad about food deserts and how can we be providing everyone across the world adequate nutrition.
0: Well, and it's amazing just like how many similarities there are between those things that people can do with chronic illness to stay healthy and, and, and what everybody should be doing, right? They're, I, we hear it all the time that there's this key fundamental components to health and wellness and fitness and it's just amazing like how broadly applicable they are right even if mm-hmm. you are apparently healthy or if you have a chronic del- illness all those things are are great to do like like you mentioned drinking enough water getting enough sleep like i talk to all my clients about that all the time especially out here in utah where it's you know where it's so hot and dry right and you know people just don't drink enough water right it's just like <laughs> right. drink water stretch rest like all those same things it's it's amazing yeah. how how widely applicable they are.
1: The importance of connection. So we really talk about not isolating yourself, not not getting in a way that you are only with you. So, and especially if, like during COVID-19, we've been talking a lot about physical distancing. Some people call, call it social distancing, but I don't like that term. I much prefer physical distancing because we need to stay socially connected. When you're isolated as someone with a con- like a condition, a chronic illness, it can feel already so isolated because we've we've already spent many moments and experiences isolated because of our health and so we've We've started already to figure out different ways to stay connected while we have to physically distance. So I just stress the importance of staying connected with the people you love, your friends, your family, and now with telehealth, like it's it's awesome that we can still connect, stay connected to our medical care.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, and you know it's it's amazing what you can do with technology now. And I, and I'm in a total agreement with you that there is a big difference between you know physical distancing and social distancing. We actually just had a doctor on for our last podcast that really talked about that as well and he made the same point he's like hey we need to be physically distancing we need to stay away from other people you know at least six feet all that but it's important not to forget that hey there's there's a component of your health and your lifestyle that still needs to be very social and connected and and you know don't don't lose that because that's that's also a really important thing that you need to you need to keep up on with with your health as as a whole picture right so And now, before we get to the rest of our interview with Kida, we first wanted to share a short message from our sponsor for today's podcast, Gamer Advantage. If you're like me and most other people, you probably spend a lot of time looking at a screen throughout the day. But did you know that the screens of your electronic devices, such as your cell phone, tablet, TV, or computer, could be negatively affecting the health of your eyes and may even be disrupting your sleep? It might even be contributing to those headaches and migraines that you keep getting. But why does this happen? Well, it's because of blue light. Any electronic device with a screen emits a specific kind of light called blue light. When our eyes are exposed to blue light over prolonged periods of time, it can cause our eyes additional strain and fatigue due to the high amounts of energy that our eyes will absorb from this blue light. This can also contribute to the headaches and migraines that you're getting. Additionally, the amount of blue light our eyes are exposed to can negatively affect our sleep. But luckily for people like you and me who spend a lot of time looking at screens, there's Gamer Advantage. Gamer Advantage offers FDA compliant and ANSI certified blue light absorbing glasses that are clinically proven to reduce eye strain and melatonin disruptions caused by blue light which can lead to sleep disruptions. The frames of the glasses are made from premium materials that make them both lightweight and durable. The lenses of the glasses, which can be matched to your prescription needs, are made of durable polycarbonate and come standard with double-sided AR coating which helps to reduce glare from the light of your screen. They also come with a hydrophobic coating that repels fingerprints and sweat so your lenses can stay clean and clear as you work. Additionally, the lenses are near clear in color and offer clinically proven blue light protection for your eyes all without the color distortion that many other blue light protecting glasses cause with their yellow colored lenses. And guess what? They work. 99% of people who use Gamer Advantage glasses report having more relaxed and less strained eyes. 98% of users report significant sleep improvements, and 65% report significant reduction in their headaches and migraines. And as someone who has been using Gamer Advantage glasses for the past few months myself, I can tell you from personal experience that these glasses work. My eyes feel so much better when I wear my Gamer Advantage glasses. I even feel like they've helped me with my sleep and they've helped reduce the number of headaches I get in a week. And as someone who spends a lot of my workday in front of a screen and a lot of my free time playing video games with my buddies or watching movies or TV shows, I really appreciate the positive difference they've made for me and my health. So if you're someone that's serious about protecting the health of your eyes, getting better sleep, and decreasing the headaches and migraines that you're getting, then go get yourself a pair of Gamer Advantage glasses. And because you're a listener of this podcast, if you go to GamerAdvantage.com forward slash discount forward slash AOW, you can get 15% off your order. Again, that's GamerAdvantage.com forward slash discount forward slash AOW, and you can get 15% off your order. And now back to our interview with Kita. You mentioned Next Step and some of these conversations that we're having, and you mentioned the camps that you guys do and and some of the work that you do. So why don't you explain to us a little bit more about what Next Step is and, and what you do there?
1: Sure. So Next Step is a, um, an organization. We're based in New England, but we serve young people all over the world. We mainly serve ages 16 to 25 and then up to 29 for some of our programs. But it's all about that transition period in your life between adolescence and young adults. So when you're a young person, and you're growing up, you're an adolescent, you're trying to figure out who you are, who your friends are, like what homework is due, all the things that can be so hard, you're trying to create an identity for yourself. And that can be hard. And then you add the layer of chronic illness and it just becomes a different type of hard. So next step goal is to get these young people together. We want to engage them, we want to educate them and we want to empower them. We do that through a a few different types of programs. I mentioned camp fences, so it's part camp, all that fun. We're making arts and crafts, we're doing like water balloon launching, s'mores, all that fun thing you would think of at a typical summer camp. But then we're also adding the workshops and the information you would get at a conference. When you're 17, 18, you might not want to go to a conference with stale coffee and like <laughs> stale donuts, but we want to make sure that they're getting the information that they need to have successful lives. And I, and next step, we want to make sure that they define success. We're not trying to define success for them. That's very important to us. We make sure that we never talk about, um, independence in a way that that doesn't make sense to them. We like we kind of cut the word independence out of our vernacular. We like to talk about ownership. Every person can take ownership of a part of their lives. So we we like to talk about ways to access, engage, how to take influence on their on their own lives, to take ownership and, and make sure that they're doing what they want to do, and how to really separate themselves from their illness. We want to make sure that they know that they're a whole person. And yes, their diagnosis is how they get to Next Step. That's kind of their membership card, if you will, but that's not why they stay. They stay because they're making connections with people who have similar experiences to them. They stay because we might be talking about a topic that they don't get to talk about in school. And they stay because we have some awesome programs. One of our programs is um, an in-house music therapist, and she takes them through this narrative process so that they can either write their own songs, their own slam poetry, a different expressive art that they're intrigued by, and, and gets them so that, again, they're just really owning what their their story is they get to share what they want what part of their lives and it's just I don't know I get really excited and cheesy and magical because it's just so neat to see these young people who felt so isolated, so stigmatized, so disempowered. And through the work that we're doing with them, they can come out the other side and, and apply for a job or even just applying for Medicaid on their own is can be like a huge success. The um, young people we work with, we I like to put them into three categories, and communities I should say. So we work with young people who have a cancer diagnosis at some point in their lives, who are are HIV positive or who have rare genetic or chronic disorders um, we, we work with them individually in their communities and we also bring them together uh, as a, a bigger group because we've learned that having a chronic illness you have an experience that can absolutely make you feel like you're one of a million but when you get together with people who are having similar experiences you realize you're not alone and your perspective can change you can see what's possible and you can reach out and and seek seek the answers and seek the help that may maybe you you weren't even ready to ask for beforehand
0: well and you know sometimes especially for young people, they have these questions that they may not even know that they have, right? Or, yeah. or, or maybe they're too afraid to ask, or maybe they they don't have a resource that they feel like they can go to, to ask these questions, and, you know, especially with tough uh, and, and concerning topics, you know, especially as they, as they relate to themselves. So it's, 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 I know when I, I was younger, it was hard for me to open up about, you know, how I was feeling and what I was doing, what I was worried about, those kinds of things. So, so I think yeah. giving them a, a platform and a resource for them to come and learn and to ask those questions and have other people around them that they can see, like, "Hey, I'm not the only person dealing with this," and and we're all here to help each other. I think that's that's a great, um, I think it's a great resource that you're providing those young those young people.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of exciting. We're trying to look at the silver lining of this um, COVID nineteen experience. We were set to have our summer conferences that are typically held in Massachusetts, but now this. Year- Year, they're going to be 100% virtual. Oh, wow. So that means anyone from anywhere can participate as long as they get their application in. I'm going to plug, please, app, please apply. Um, <laughs> so It's kind of exciting. People from, you know, the Mountain West, the East Coast, down South, maybe London, China, I don't know, whoever wants to join in this process. We're still designing them and we're doing some trials. My coworker Kimberly and I are doing some Zoom meetings, some Instagram lives, like different ways to try and engage young people to see what's What is culturally relevant because, you know, not everyone wants to be on a Zoom meeting. Maybe they want to do a house party or or whatever those different apps are. But we're learning and and we want to make sure we're showing up for them because they show up for us.
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's awesome that you guys are being progressive and dynamic in that kind of way. And I think it's great that, you know, like you said, like looking at the Silver Line, it's it's allowing you guys to open these services to people all across the country in in a way that's remote, right? They don't have to fly into Boston and come to the camp. Not that that wouldn't be great and amazing and good to do as well, but I think having that... that ability to be more widespread through technology is, is super, super yeah. cool. So so where can people go to apply for these camps?
1: So you can go to our website, nextstepnet.org, which can be a mouthful, um, but nextstepnet.org. And you can see on the sidebar, there's different options. One of them is summer conferences, and just click on it. The application should pop up. I also should mention, which I can't believe I always forget, everything we do for young people is one. free for them.
0: Oh, nice. So you
1: don't have to pay a dime to come to one of our programs, our workshops, our music therapy narrative program. Everything we do for young people is free.
0: Yeah, well, and that's amazing, right? And then, yeah. you know, especially if like you're a parent or, you know, you know someone, a, a good friend that has kids or young people, just it, however you're connected to them. If you know someone that is struggling with a chronic illness, I mean, this is like the perfect time to do something like this, right? I mean, everyone's home, yeah. you know, schools are out. I mean, this this would be a, a great opportunity for them to, to have this opportunity for free, right? Which, absolutely. you know, free is always good. <laughs> so. yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely yes, and we're excited because we're hoping that this might open the door for some communities that we weren't, we just weren't quite sure how to serve or be accessible to them. I'm thinking of people with immunocompromised, where they literally aren't, where they shouldn't be in rooms with a lot of people. So, doing a virtual conference, we might be able to have one that is completely for them forever in perpetuity you know if, if this works this is going to be amazing
0: oh yeah totally yeah and that makes especially right now with covid right like people mm-hmm. with compromised immune systems really shouldn't be around a lot of people right so <laughs> right. so yeah that's that's an awesome opportunity so so w- so where else can people find you because you mentioned the website but i know you guys have you know social media and and other yeah. things that you guys do so where, where else can people find you and get connected with next step and the work that you guys do
1: sure we're on instagram facebook twitter um i we're on youtube we're kind of everywhere i just i'm trying to trying to decide if we should be on tiktok or not i don't understand tiktok (laughs) but everywhere else right everywhere else you can find us our handle is at next step fund f-u-n-d
0: okay awesome and that and that's the same across all the social media platforms yes Oh, perfect. That makes it really simple. So <laughs> well, yeah. very cool. Well, and, and how can people help? Because I mean, you've mentioned that these these camps are, are free, right? But oh, I mean, no. obviously, you're working there. And and I would, I would imagine there's quite a few other people involved in setting these up and, and putting these together. So, so how can people help support that? I mean, you you guys are doing great work, and you're helping a lot of people. And so what can people do to help you guys?
1: Yeah, so we're 100% a nonprofit. We're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for monthly donors. And really just if you could donate $5 a month, that can that can change everything. You know, that's um, a snack for someone at conference. If you want to contribute to our other um, fundraisers, we have people who are running the Boston Marathon. We have another Falmouth Road race that our race, our runners are always fundraising for. If you want to get involved in any other way, then you can think of that I can't think of right now, please reach out to me. I'm always interested to hear the different ideas people have and how they want to help in in any capacity. So definitely email me. I'm just Kita at nextstepnet.org. And I would love to hear from anyone and everyone.
0: Yeah, well, and it's just it's such a great cause. I mean, you guys working, especially with the population that you're working with, with young people, and really helping to enable them to go on and live happy, successful, healthy lives. I mean, I I I have a hard time thinking of of other organizations that are, are doing more important work than that, right? So, really affecting the younger generations and helping them. I think that's just fantastic. So, be sure to go donate and help and do whatever you can to to support these guys. I think you guys are doing awesome work. So. Um, love that. Yeah. But before we let you go, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or mention that we didn't that we didn't get to yet?
1: Um, I don't think so. This has been awesome. It's I love opportunities to talk about myself, but really <laughs> to talk about Next Step more. It is amazing work to see these young people. I I I joke that I wish I had Next Step when I was young. Being part of a community in which people understand and get your experience is life-changing, and I don't say that lightly. So anything that people can do to even learn about us and share, share information, share it with your colleagues, your, your family, your friends, like getting the word out, even that would help us so much
0: yeah for sure yeah so make sure you go and follow on social media you know retweet or repost or you know I'm not I'm, I'm getting old I just turned 30 the other day so I'm not like super up on all like the you know young generation yeah, social media stuff
1: me,
0: so. <laughs> so yeah so whatever it is that you can do to, to help spread the word on social media I don't know all the phrases and such but but yeah I, I think know. that would be great yeah. But that would
1: be awesome
0: yeah well great well thanks so much for coming on we really really appreciate it and yeah just go support Next Step in any way possible and uh, but yeah thanks for coming on Kita we really appreciate it
1: thank you so much Mark and thank you to the Anatomy of Wellness I'm just so excited to be here today
0: alright well thanks for joining us today that is all that we have for you on today's show but we first wanted to give a special thanks to Kita we really appreciate her taking the time to come onto our show and talk to us about all the great work that she's doing over at Next Step and talking to us about chronic illnesses and helping us to learn more about Chronic illnesses and what it's like to have one, and how we can help uh, and support people that we know that have uh, chronic illnesses, or or even how we can uh, support ourselves if uh, we're somebody that suffers from a chronic illness. So we really appreciate her and the work that she's doing. Make sure to check out the description of this podcast. Uh, there you can find the different places you can follow her and her work, and you can find different uh, links and places where you can go to support Next Step and the great work that they're doing. So be sure to check that out as well. But again, we want to thank you for joining us for today's show. We hope that you found today's topic interesting and helpful. If you have any suggestions for future topics or if you have anyone in in mind that you'd like for us to interview, uh, please be sure to reach out to us. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Anatomy of Wellness. Uh, Or you can look for us on Facebook and comment on one of our posts or send us a message and let us know what you'd like to learn more about. But uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Anatomy Wellness Podcast. Uh, We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We're pretty much anywhere where you would normally listen to your podcast. And if we're not, please let us know so we can get on there. But uh, share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, anyone who's interested in learning more about health and wellness and how you can live a happy and healthy life. Uh, And then please leave a five-star review for us if you've enjoyed the show. That really, really helps us out. But uh, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, We'll be back soon with more conversations about your health and your wellness. But until then, happy and healthy living.